What happens when two bass road warriors spend quality time talking music and life with one of their peers? Bassist educator author David C. Gross and bassist and head honcho of KnowYourBassPlayer.com, Tom Semioli, trade eights with the legends of rock, jazz, funk, blues, folk, country, and more. Notes from an artist. Revealing conversations with the legends who've created the soundtrack of our lives. What happens? You're about to find out. It's another episode of Notes from an Artist. Years old, fell from the roof on East 29. Kathy was 11 when she pulled the plug. 26 reds and a bottle of wine. Bobby got leukemia, 14 years old. He looked like 65 when he died. He was a friend of mine. So they died of hepatitis in upper Manhattan Sly in Vietnam, bullet in the head Bobby O'Dito Drano on the night that he was wet They were two more friends of mine Two more friends that died From a hotel room Bobby hung himself From a cell in the tombs Judy jumped in front Of a subway train Eddie got slit In the jugular vein And Eddie I miss you more Than all the others And I salute you Brother That his rage was just some goof But Herbie sure gave Tony some Some bitchin' proof And Herbie said, Tony, can you fly? But Tony couldn't fly Tony died On a narco rap He beat the rap by ratting on some bikers He said, hey, I know it's dangerous But it sure beats Rikers But the next day He got offed by the very same bikers
left from a hotel room Bobby hung himself from a cell in the tube Judy turned in front of the subway train And Eddie got slid in the jugular vein Eddie, I miss you more than all the others This song is for you, my brother And welcome back to another episode of Notes from an Artist. I'm Tom Stimioli, and my co-host is... Mr. David C. Gross. How are you, folks? It's been a while. We've had a lot of these two-part podcasts, but now we're going to do a free-form show, and we have absolutely no idea what we're going to do. Well, we have a little bit of an idea, but first, David, let us uh, welcome our listener back to Cygnus Radio. Yes, we are on Cygnus Radio every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and if you don't catch our radio show, show live for whatever reason you have something to do uh, unlike uh, the two of us uh, you can listen to our podcast on buzzsprout spotify amazon apple music and other platforms wherever podcasts are potted now david did you also know that we have a youtube page so when we have people on who are really special and are pleasant to look at we put their videos up on our youtube page yes Oddly, we do we do because we like them we like them and uh, that youtube page is called Notes from an Artist, believe it or not. We also have a website, www.notesfromanartist.com, so you can uh, keep up with all the shows who our past, present, and future guests will be. And once again, we thank Cygnus Radio for hosting our show. You know, Cygnus is a northern constellation on the plane of the Milky Way. Did you know that? That's what Cygnus is, David. I always thought it was a radio show. It was, a, Yes, it is. And so it's also known as the Northern Cross, and I believe the symbol of the Northern Cross is the swan, hence the swan in our logo. It's not like we just needed to gobble up some Well, space. wait a second. If it's a cross, why is it a swan? Shouldn't it be a cross? I don't know. It's a very cross swan. It's now, an angry swan. Does the Southern swan. Cross have, a, have an accent? Does it have a Southern accent? Yes, it does. The Southern Cross does have an accent. They oh, also lady. married to their sister. Thank you for alienating our folks in the South, who are probably a bunch of Jews from, and Italians from New York anyway. That's right. That's right. I think Jim Neighbors would really um, get a kick I think out he of did. Southern Cross. Yes, him and Miss Luann. Do you think he was stupping Luann on the show? No. Um, from what I'm told, <laughs> Jim Neighbors was not stupping anyone. <laughs> not even Sergeant Carter? Vince Carter? <laughs> Shazam! Shazam! That's where that gets. That is an underground gay word, David. Shazam is like, um, you know, is it's it like really? if you... If you I thought wore, it was the name of a move album. It was that too, but it's like, you know, if you wore a, a, a bandana in your right pocket at men one sexual fetish if you wore a bandana in your left pocket yeah this was all told to me by the way i, I never yeah, right. <laughs> you were at the ramrod they exactly it. which is now a luxury hotel isn't it uh, I, I think it was a luxury <laughs> hotel back then they were just selling different luxuries i did not have sexual relations with that woman Yes, they were, David. Uh, but I was too young to go to that place. You were of age to go to the uh, what was it, Plato's Retreat, right? That's right. That was uh, a party on Sonia Hotel. Okay. I actually had friends who went there. Yeah. And, uh, I would shower whenever I met them. <laughs> mm. yeah. That's weird. All right. So enough having, of- having a Robin Bird show uh, all day long. 
I loved Robin Bird. Great woman. Great woman. She spoke fondly of you. Yes, she did. Fondly of me. Anyway, David, it's been a... So is this what we call free form? <laughs> yeah, free from quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a more somber note, or we should say celebratory note, <laughs> we lost three great <laughs> musicians so far in the year 2023. And of course, the, the day ain't over yet, David. That's uh, right. I, I'm going to get killed by my <laughs> wife before the evening's over. Bert Freeman Bacharach, otherwise known as Bert Bacharach, passed away in uh, February. We also lost Jeffrey Arnold Beck, otherwise known as Jeff Beck, and David Crosby, otherwise known as David Crosby. But one of the things that struck me about Bert Bacharach, now Bert Bacharach was my dad's generation. He was actually two years older than my dad. So he was really old school. But as to a teenage, for a teenager growing up in the 70s, which I was, he had rock and roll cred. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't seen like a Frank Sinatra or a Lena Horne or Tony Bennett, like, oh, the old generation, Andy Williams and those guys. He was very cool. He, 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 young, young folks liked him. And I'm wondering if it's because most of his recordings, whether he did them himself or the various artists, um, who recorded his songs, a lot of the sessions were done by the wrecking crew. And of course, the wrecking crew also did the Beach Boys records, the Monkeys records, the association. You know, so many, so many records came out of the wrecking crew, Phil Spector. I think perhaps because his records were recorded by them. And had sort of a rock sheen to them, even though obviously jazz harmonies and rhythms and things like that. So I think people were familiar, rock audiences were familiar with the sound of his records. Well, that's possible. I think because I was of that generation right. uh, growing up then, you would think about uh, Dionne Warwick, and we spoke about uh, her with Mark Myers just a few weeks ago. Right, exactly. Uh, who else uh, was, was pop? Oh, one of my favorite songs by the group Love, Little Red Book. Was, was originally done by Manfred Mann. Okay, right, right. And Little Red and Love, uh, Little Red Book, yes. Well, let's, you know, just some of his hit songs. Uh, it says here he wrote 73 U.S. and 52 U.K. top 40 hits. That's pretty remarkable. And um, some of the big songs, obviously, This Guy's In Love With You, right? Harold Albert, we'll play that. Raindrops, Keep Falling On My Head. Right, who was that? That was... B.J. Thomas. B.J. Thomas. And what did the B.J. stand for in the name B.J. Thomas? Uh, Bobby, Billy Joe. You ask the people at the Ramrod. They probably know. (laughs) Yes. And which pocket should I have my bandana in? Uh, (laughs) Obviously, they long to be close to you was the Carpenters. Arthur's theme, the best that you can do, Christopher Cross. Uh, That's what Friends of Four, of course. That was Dionne Warwick's huge Huge don't hit. forget her first big hit, which may have been the thing that put Burt Backrat, and let's not forget Hal David. Hal David is lyricist on the map with um, uh, Walk On By. Yes, right, exactly. And, and uh, um, Mark Myers explained to us that Walk On By was an urban vernacular, Correct. to put it to put it politely for our <laughs> our audience, our woke audience. Who's probably well, asleep? The thing about uh, Burt Backrack, you know, when I was growing up, you had the Beatles, you had the Stones, so you know that sort of pop rock that really is the Backrack David sound right. really didn't appeal to me. What ended up happening is he did a record with Elvis Costello, 
Yes. The Sweetest Punch. And there's a tune on it that our old friend and bandmate Chris Parker played on called God Give Me Strength. Right. And it really did turn me on to and want to listen to previous works of uh, Backrack David. And I think there's a, a, a great story to be told that a lot of musicians and a lot of listeners who were fans of Elvis Costello got a chance to revisit a lot of great music by Burt Backrack. Yeah, yeah. He, he had indie pop cred. He always did. And you think even, you know, even into the 80s and the 90s that Luther Vandross had A House Is Not A Home, which which was a big hit. And I think Paul Young also recorded that as well with Pino Palladino on bass. The Naked hmm. Eyes had a huge hit with the, uh, Always Something There To Remind Me. That was right. a huge hit, so we'll play that. And, of course, Ronnie Millsap in 1982 did a country version of Any Day Now. So he was always somewhere on the charts every decade, kind of like Elton John. I think Elton John had a top 40 hit. For every year, he recorded an album from 1970 all the way up to uh, 2023. So there, he, Burt Backer always had a presence on the chart. That's for sure. And one of the things that really stretched my imagination was his usage of trumpets and flugelhorns. Flugelhorns. There's right. such a distinguishing characteristic to pretty much everything that he did right. with that sound. And remember when we were talking with Mr. Myers, one of the things that he learned from Burt Backrack was the reason he used two or maybe even three different trumpets or flugelhorn players to do the tunes is because there is a distinctive sound to each and every player. Uh-huh. And he wanted that as part of his sound. And, uh, Really quite interesting, too. It would have been nice to have uh, had you and I um, interview Mr. Backrack. Yes. And Andrew Dickinson as well. <laughs> That ain't going to happen on this planet. <laughs> well, again, yeah, that was the Burt Backrack sound. And also, understand, uh, Burt uh, used unusual chord progressions, obviously very uh, inspired by jazz harmony, but lots of syncopated uh, rhythmic patterns. And, you know, the phrasing of his ly- of the lyrics, Hal David's lyrics, were kind of irregular almost conversational, lots of modulations in his songs. You know, these weren't just standard chord changers. Uh, he changed meter as well. So every Burt Bacharach record was, it's a mini opera. And it's interesting, I guess, one of the founders of what was called easy listening. Because yeah, it, we have to agree with that. And think about all the great artists that have recorded his materials. Oh, uh, Tom Jones, What's New Pussycat? A great song. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Springfield. So many of the British invasion, let's say, tagalongs, pop right. tagalongs, right, right, um, used a lot of uh, Bert's uh, material. Right. Another right. Um, person that sometimes gets confused because the material is very similar is Jackie DeShannon. Yes, you know. you know, you would almost say that what the world needs now could have been a Bert Backrack song. Wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to write a Bert Backrack song, without a doubt. No yeah. doubt. So Bert was, and also he was ubiquitous presence on talk shows. He was on What's your language. <laughs> I picked that up at the Hellfire. <laughs> I got ubiquitous on my knee. I you got some ubiquitous. <clears throat> he was on, right, Merv Griffin, um, Mike Douglas show, Johnny Carson. He was several times on Johnny Carson show. He would show up on what was called variety shows, the Tom Jones show, Carol Burnett. And those shows. So he was always a presence. And it was interesting. If you watch the George Carlin documentary, he talked about the importance of being on TV. And of course, this is before the digital age, computer age, 
the Twitter, the Elon Musk Twitter age, uh, where you your, your best exposure was on television. And when George Carlin's career started to dip in the mid-70s, he went to Tony Orlando and asked him if he could do a segment on Tony Orlando and Dawn, that show, which was a number one show in like 1975. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how vapid entertainment was back then. And that little five minute segment that he had once a week, you know, doing, you know, doing his wordsmith routine, he couldn't do, obviously he couldn't do anything political or sexual, um, kept him in the public eye and kept him working. And, and I think that was kind of the same with Burt Backrack. He was always hanging around and, you know, he <laughs> couldn't get rid of him. Couldn't get rid of Burt Backrack. He would always be a, a guest. And he, you know, unlike my father's generation, he wasn't that tuxedo kind of guy. He wore stylish clothing. He had long hair and it, it, it just happened to suit him well. He didn't look, he didn't try to look like an old guy trying to be a young hippie, but he somehow he wore it well. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, he had the mutton chops and all of the, oh, yeah. the, the, the flamboyant, uh, collared shirts above the, uh, 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 sport jackets, you know, all that, <laughs> that Sammy stuff. Davis Jr. look. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle to the candy man. Yeah, but Sammy, da- I remember when Sammy Davis and Frank Sinatra tried to sing rock. And they couldn't do it. They really should have stayed in their own lane, but they felt they had to be contemporary. Uh, but somehow Burt Bacharach wore it well. So we'll definitely right. his Nehru jacket and all Nehru jacket, and I'm sure you had a Nehru jacket. That's right, that's right. As a matter of fact, I think everybody on the East Coast had a Nehru jacket because <laughs> we were close to Egypt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, really. But yes, all the great uh, artists that recorded uh, Burt Bacharach, and Gene Pitney, Celia Black, Dusty Springfield, Harry Cuomo, Marty Robbins, thousands of artists just covered him, and he was considered, he, you know, David and Bacharach up there with Lennon and McCartney and all the other great rock songwriters, Lieber Stoller, all yeah. the Motown writers and things. So uh, good stuff. So let's play some Burt Bacharach. 